I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello, this is episode 10, season 3 of Sports 360 Podcast. And we'd like to thank you for always downloading and listening. Sports 360 Pod underscore on Twitter. And Sports 360 Pod on Instagram is where you can catch up with us and get weekly new episodes at 12 noon Nigerian time on Thursdays. Yemi Adesan is here. Yep, yep. But you're going to join us via Skype. And together, we'll start with an issue making the rounds in the world of football, even beyond football. And it has uh, delved into the realm of politics, of course. One of our topics as was politics of sports. And it has, the scope has widened since then. Because when we were speaking last week, um, Farrington sanctions had not been placed on Chelsea or on Roman Abramovich. The assets had not been frozen. Since then, a whole lot has happened. And except you live on another planet or you live under a stone somewhere, you will know that his assets have been frozen. Um, there are conditions to the sale now. He cannot, so many things. And, but the bottom line is that it's trickled down to the point where Chelsea as a football club are trading under a special kind of license. They cannot do certain things to make money. I don't want to go into the details because there's, we're not financial experts here and all of that. But, so let me start with um, this body. We talked last week about a certain level of um, double standards and hypocrisy going on and it's gotten even worse since we spoke last time. What do you make of all the sledgehammer being pounded on Chelsea Football Club and Roman Abrovitz at this point in time? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I feel that some people might probably lose their jobs or means of livelihood. How do I, if I lose, if I lose my job as Chelsea, what have I done wrong? You know, is it an overkill? Is it an overreach? Or the reactions are just appropriate for what has gone on? Not condoning Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We must always put that proviso in there. Did you, did you, unfortunately, the the eye that you put in your in your closing statement um does not apply. This is more than uh, this is more than any individual. It's nothing that has happened so far. Maybe apart from uh, Roman Abramovich Abra- 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 himself is personal. Um, but it's always said that it is really sad that um, everything that you have been told by FIFA and all those concerned, uh, all those um, uh, FIFA and IOC and all those who rule sports body about separating policy from sports. That everything has been has, has been has been thrown overboard in the wake of the of the um, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, like you said, we, we broached this topic last week. We didn't know it was going to get uh, it was going to get worse for 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 Roman and the Chelsea team. And then um, some of the things that we said last week they are playing out now. Um, is it too much? Look, DG, again, it depends on which side of the, of the, of the divide you are, you are sitting. If, if you ask any Ukrainian citizen, no matter what you do to anybody Russian, they don't care. Mm. If you ask some other Ukrainian, Ukrainian citizens, um, in this way they are suffering, they will tell you that, hey, look, this is more than one person. Maybe there should, there should, be, there should be another way to address it. But the truth is that, DG, the big five, as you call those countries that sit and decide things, at uh, UNO uh, meetings, uh, security meetings, the, 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 the thing is that it is when when it is profitable to them, they turn a blind eye. Mm. 
also when it is profitable, when it's profitable to them, they take action. It also depends on where the wind is blowing. Um, just before we came on this program, I saw a video where, uh, where a woman, I think it's the British Parliament, uh, angrily saying that, look, a bigger crisis is happening, happening in Af Afghanistan. Nobody has said anything. Mm -hmm. All of us know what happened in Saudi Arabia with the, with the, with the Khashoggi murder. The world quietly broke the topic and then quietly, everybody quietly went away without doing any, anything definitive. And it's business as, as usual. As we speak, we are, we are hearing rumors that it's likely that a Saudi, another, another Saudi prince might take over, might buy Chelsea from Roman. That's before, um, any, any sale, uh, was suspended. And you ask yourself, that's why everything that we've had about, about Saudi Arabia and, 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 the, and human rights. And of course, the World Cup, FIFA bent over backwards to ensure that the next World Cup will take place, uh, um, in, in Qatar. Despite everything we read, uh, with Lima and everything going on. So they did look for me. I, I think it's, I, I think it's, um, uh, uh, where is this word? I, I, I think it's hypocritical. Yeah. For everyone, for everyone connected, like again, like you said, Nobody's condoning, condoning the, the invasion of, of, of Ukraine. Mm. But hey, if you are going to say that politics has post now mixed, then let us, let, 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 let's go the whole hog. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let's take, don't let's take sides when it's convenient and then decide to, they decide to debate and do nothing mm. when it's, when it's also convenient to do so, DG. All right. Um, but it has broached um, a couple of issues. Um, Yemi. Which I mean, let, let, let's break it down. I mean, let's get real and let's be, um, let's throw. I don't want to say throw caution overboard, but let's say it as it is. You know, let's assume Roman is everything they have painted him out to be. He's the devil incarnate. He's, uh, he's dining with the devil in Putin. He's done all of that. I read a report this morning about how his money was dirty money. Suddenly, it's dirty money, and all of that. I will get to the ownership question in a bit, but how much more of a devil is Roman than a few months ago, Newcastle was taken over by the Saudi sovereign fund with links to Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Even though the Premier League would have us believe that they've done their investigation and there are no links. It's only a fool that will believe that. <laughs> that there are no links. They are sure that there are no links. Now so you have Newcastle ownership that is effectively backed by the Saudi Arabian government. The Saudi Arabian government is involving a war in Yemen that have committed atrocities. I read somewhere that more about 10,000 children have been maimed or killed in that war. 10,000 children. But you've handed over ownership of the club to those ones. So how is Roman worse than these Nibio people. Because that's what I don't understand. In one way, you are condemning atrocities. Is it that it is only when the atrocities are in Europe or mainstream Western parts of the world that it matters? But they mentioned about Afghanistan. And, you know, and we all know about two days ago, 81 people were executed in Saudi Arabia in one day. Some of them are Yemen citizens, some of them for frivolous offenses. But you you ignore all of that. You even take all your events to Saudi Arabia and all of that. But it is Roman which I'm saying, let's assume Roman is guilty. So how is, how are the Saudi new um, owners of Newcastle 
And we hear there was a Saudi media group that wants to buy Chelsea as well. How are they better than Roman? Because that's honestly what I don't understand. First is first. New money is good money. Money coming out of Saudi is new, freshly mint money. You don't you reject uh, new minted cash when they spray you at the party. <laughs> no, you collect it. I'll find an excuse to hold on to it. Oh, with glee, you collect it. So, that is one. Two, the issues in Yemen is very far away from mainstream Europe. Mm. So, the guys in the UK parliament, in the Premier League, are not directly affected. Now, the issues in Ukraine affect... Closer to home. It's closer to home. Affects them in various ways. So, with the, with the issues going on, if Russia decides today to close the tap of their gas, Europe will potentially freeze. That is another uh, another issue. Now, for the Saudis, you know, they've opened themselves up to the world, showing that, you know, we are, we are hospitable, we are willing to make changes to, you know, pre-existing um, protocols. So, for instance, the studies are open, now open to women driving, mm. uh, open more open to economic advancement, more open to tourism, you know. So, the Western so those, world... Those are... You know, those are add-ons. Those are add-ons. So, they feel more welcome and feel that the Saudis are willing to change, are willing to embrace the new world order, you know. And, of course, the Saudis are also heavy investors in buying arms. From the Europeans and the Americans, and then they supply oil. Or can they supply oil? Oh yes. So for them, no. But Russia, in the Russian context, Russia is the main competitor in virtually every field you want to mention. In the sale of arms, Russia is a huge competitor. In the sale of oil, Russia is a huge competitor. So anything that will cripple a superpower mm. is something that um, uh, the the most Likely embrace and welcome. Now to the to the Roman part. It's amazing that today the money seems to be dirty, you know, awash with corruption. But at the time in 2003, when the young man was looking to buy Chelsea, they embraced him, you know, with open hands. Nobody thought the money was bad. When Gazprom was looking to pump money to European football. Mm-hmm. We didn't think of the grass for my big sponsor. track back a little bit. Who was the gentleman that bought, Ma- was it Man City? Man City Nowata. He was Prime Minister of Thailand. Mm-hmm. If he, he, he passed their so-called fit and proper, proper tests. We can go on far on. back. Arsenal. When Usmanov was putting his money in Arsenal, he was not dirty mm. at that time. The guys in Everton, when they were putting their money in Everton at the time, it was not dirty. You know, yes, Usmanov, true Stan Crockett has more or less, you know, bought off whatever existing holding he had in, in, in the club. And I find it interesting when people like Asenwenga come out and make comments about Roman because Arsenal was actually the first club he wanted to buy. To buy yeah. So at that time, they said no, forgetting that they had an Usmanov on oh, their, well, on their mm-hmm. board. So the level of hypocrisy is huge. Um, you're trying to, there's this, this Yoruba saying that says, uh, you're trying to remove a speck 
Remove the, for, remove the log in your eye uh, before they remove the speck in another person's, person's eye. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, the Europeans don't see it that way. They feel the guys in Ukraine, they're closer home, they are people, they are Europeans. This kind of thing mm. shouldn't be happening in Europe. Okay, that's why. I hear you, hear me? I would understand, uh, but you know, if this was coming from politicians and even state-owned media, I would understand that. Because they have their various interests. But when it comes from world bodies, like FIFA, for instance, that is for the good of the game and that's supposed to have... Yemen, for for all I know, Yemen is a member of FIFA. Of course. You know, when it comes to from organizations like that, then that's where I worry. Because sports is about fairness and equity and um, not double standards, fair play. I even forgot to mention about the Jamal Khashoggi murder earlier. That uh, was, prob- was probably state most funded. probably state funded murder of a journalist like you and I. So my my thing is that how can FIFA look at the Russian situation and come down with a sledgehammer? People have been complaining a lot about human rights abuses Qatar. in Qatar. FIFA not only took the work up there, they upturned the entire football calendar to be able to hold the work up there. We're talking about Saudi and all the issues and uh, Premier League in all their holiers and that attitude is collecting money from there and not even talking about the other atrocities. So, like, also, yeah. also remember the piracy. The piracy the issue in, uh, yeah, in, 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 Saudi in, Arabia. in Saudi Arabia. But once money exchange hands, that's you know? okay. So my, my worry is that what Yemi said, if it was the politicians and the media that says all of that, I understand. But when a world body Sporting federations are supposed to uphold equity and fairness. Only sees equity and fairness in one place, and decides to look the other way in another situation. It, 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 it makes me very uncomfortable. DG, um, I read a book a while back uh, um, by Andrew Jennings. I think the moment. FIFA started um, expand, started this the expansion, uh, reckoning profits and promising uh, promising nations tons and tons of money, you know, for participating in their tournament. I think everything changed. Money changed the game, DG. Mm. Um, that is why it is it is important at this point to let anybody know when we say that. Um, as journalists, we are guiders of the, we are, we are, we are the fourth room, we are, we are guiders of, of everything. I think it's important to know that, look, DG, when your attention switch, anytime, anytime you switch, switch attention from what is called to what you are doing to making profits, just so that you are, you are, you are going to open the door. Yeah. I feel that FIFA has become politicized. I feel that a lot of other special organizations, because of this, of this, urge to make profits, I think you open the door. Because once you start taking funds from certain people, your decisions will be influenced. It also only happens in, in in sports, it also happens in real life. Yeah. You know? And I feel that FIFA, IOC, they have been compromised. All those the people who lead these organizations they mix with with uh, with, uh, with leaders of nations in a bid to ensure a smooth flow of their events. 
And what is what this means is that they start whispering in each other's ears. So for me, DJ, I feel what you are seeing has come to stay. Sports is not pure anymore. Of course, what, what are we what are we saying? There are so many books and so many articles proving that all the top the top economic uh, reform just sports has been infiltrated by politics. And so for me, DJ, I think we are seeing um uh Right now, the things that before our eyes, the things that the things that have been played out in, in the boardrooms several for several years that has been masked under different titles and different explanations. And I do feel that Chelsea or Roman Abramovich, whichever one you whichever you want to put it, might just be the first of many of incidents like this that you'll see. It's not even the first DG, of course. The the, the uh, um, a, a, a lot of a lot a lot of people in British and American media land with a lot of stories when Qatar won the World Cup and when they are building their their, their arenas to host the games mm. of things that are going on, you know, and we have seen it playing out quietly. Now it's louder in our faces. Mm. Whether we like it or not, we have to get used to it. Politics has has infiltrated infiltrated sports. Nothing is nothing is neutral anymore, no matter which way you look at it. So the sooner we get on board with this train, or we might decide to just stay where we are and keep protesting until something drastic happens. Mm. How that should happen, I don't know. Politics and sports are now mixing. It's not it's no longer oil and water as we have been led to believe. And no matter what anybody says, it is what it is, Ninji. Well, like somebody told me. Oil and water will mix if the money is right. <laughs> you can ah, make it happen. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so poignant that at the weekend it was old money versus new money. It was <laughs> Chelsea against Newcastle, Newcastle in the Premier League, throwing up all kinds of uh, perspectives. Um, now, for me, going forward, you know, we've talked about sports washing a while back on this podcast. I feel that the Middle Eastern countries have surveyed the world and they have the entire world where they want them. Yeah. We have the money, we'll dangle the carrots, they need our money, they'll take it and we use that, they'll overlook a lot of things, which is exactly what is happening. Because now they become mainstream, they can decide when the World Cup will be played. I never mm. thought anybody could shift oh. World Cup dates. I never thought it was possible. But, having said that, though, let's focus on Chelsea now. Where do you see Chelsea, or how do you see Chelsea coming out of this? We, we're here that well. There are issues with they've allowed them some a bit of more leeway selling of tickets and all of that, and all of that. I just I was just confused in saying that Chelsea is a cultural asset for crying out loud. Oh yes. So why would you say because of one man who bought Chelsea, you want to more or less? I don't want to use a heavy word, but you want to more or less undermine what has happened. So one of the bastions of football, no, whether you are a fan of Chelsea or not, is a key component of football in England. It's not and there are people who are working there who I stand to be corrected are likely going to lose their jobs. So how do you juxtapose that against what is happening? Is that is like cutting your nose to spite your face? Chelsea are uh, just the scapegoat, an establishment. Mm. Yes, Stamford Bridge, you know, as a stadium has needed some kind of renovation for a while. And that's one thing that Roman has said he would do. Mm. Now, consider the amount of people that live, that earn their livelihood through Chelsea Football Club. So, part of the things they're allowed to do 
is one to cater to the fans that attend the games. Now, you can't sell tickets outside the season tickets that you're sold. So, what that means is that only season ticket holders can attend, attend. games. And uh, I think Chelsea's capacity is about 40,000. So, the season ticket holders have about 27,000. So, that leaves you about 13,000 tickets sell. that you probably divide into two. One for the away fans mm. and one the other for those that ordinarily buy, you know, for match day. So that means you've, you're depriving the team or the club access to uh, a sales tunnel of 13,000 people. Secondly, they can't sell anything in the merchandise, any merchandise in their store. They can only sell that which third party uh, mm. retailers have access to. They can't sign new players. They can't renew contracts that are expiring. As, as we are talking, I was going to say Yoruba say killer de killer. So it, it, it was quite amusing that people in the parliament are raising so much dust and forgetting that this action we are taking is affecting ordinary English or yeah. ordinary British people mm. who their livelihoods are attached to the club. They might argue that well, once the sale is done. And all that, but the new election might come in and change the entire structure. Oh, of the change the entire structure and say, look, whatever it is that Roman mm. had, we're not going to use yeah. it. And I think critically, you know, we heard that they need to finish this. the sale needs to be done by Friday. Mm. Why is is why they're in the hurry is another matter. Mm. But we understand that every month the difference in salaries in the wages that they pay, Roman used to bridge it. Mm. So they send their payroll, it goes to Roman, he looks you know. at it, he bridges, gives them the difference. Because yes, most of the deals they sign and most of the sales they make are not all upfront. They are all, you know, in tragedy. They send mm. them in tragedy. So it's going to be difficult. It'll be interesting to see what direction they take. It'll be interesting to see who eventually buys the club and how much, what is critical? How, because it's not how just much, about are buying. They really to invest on the how playing much are side. How to invest on the, the playing team. side? Interesting stuff. I'm um, unfortunate. We have to leave this here. Um, but I, we, I, we just feel that, um, um, it's a bit of double, it's not a bit, it's a it's whole a, lot of double, double standards. standards. It's a whole lot of hypocrisy. And then it, it begs, it begs a deeper question. Ownership structure of football clubs. Maybe you need to take a deeper look at that. Because we're talking about FFP and all that. It's coming to light now that uh, Roman was bridging the salary gap, which shouldn't happen ordinarily. We don't know how that, whether that's happening in the mass cities or the PSGs of this world and all of that. And at the end of the day, the Premier League cannot tell us with a straight face and say, okay, what Roman is done, uh, what Roman, what Russia has done is bad, which we agree and all of that, and say the Saudis are perfect. I've not done anything. <laughs> it's double standards, it's democracy. And I believe that question will happen sooner than they think. So we wait and see about that. We wish Chelsea all the best. Uh, I believe Chelsea is a strong enough institution. They will pull through, they'll survive. And um, I wish them all the best for the future. On the question of big money and all of that, it brings us to PSG, um, who also have similar situation. Um, as is their own is Qatar. Qatar. <laughs> Qatar-based uh, company, Qatar, um, is Qatar also has an issue, so nobody's talking about PSG's ownership now and all of that. They were able to 
uh, in my view, they were able to flout and get away with financial fair play. Uh, how would I say now? Financial fair play uh, infractions and all of that. But let's leave that. Let's concentrate on the playing side. PSG is showing us that money can buy you love. <laughs> People say money can buy you trophies and titles. Um, even before the big money came, well, they were winning. Maybe they were not winning trophies, but at least they managed to start winning the the French League. French League. But the big one that they want to win is the Champions League. And this past week, they got knocked out. Uh, it's the second time they'll get knocked out in such ignominious fashion. They were cruising 2 0 up on aggregate yeah. into the second half. All they needed to do was survive. But they considered three goals to Benzema and. Of course, the subsequent match they played after that, Neymar and uh, Messi were booed and all of that. But uh, we looked at PS, we looked at Man City, Man City are sitting the Champions and all of that. And you know that the big thing they want to win is the Champions League. PSG has, you have continued to falter in this competition. Why do you think, what do you think they're doing wrong? And why do you think they're not just cutting it when it comes to the Champions League? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges that, I mean, th this is my own opinion. I think one of the biggest challenges that PSD are facing right now may be the weakness, in quotes, of the French League. Okay. Um, they are so far ahead of the, of the, of the opposition in France. And they seem to be winning the league at a counter. Yeah. That when they get to the continent and they face it for opposition, they have not developed the mentality to get around their opponents. Now, I'm not saying they are not a good, they are, I mean, when you look at the team on paper, you, 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 you see how formidable they can be given the names on their roster. But I feel that because the Liga, the, the French, uh, the, the Ligue 1 does not prepare them for the continental challenge. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, but that may be the reason. Okay. The, other thing that, the, the other reason I feel is that it may be mental. It may be what? you have failed so much as something. It may be mental. It may be mental. Oh, thing. mental thing. Okay, okay. All right. When you have failed so much as something, just are that unless you have a coach that will reel you over the line, there may be a problem. Mm. I suspect that for PSG to win the Champions League, now I don't want to fall into, into, into the trap of saying a coach with experience. No. <laughs> I think they need to get a coach with the mental capacity to carry the players over the line. Because I think this has gone beyond coaching. It has gone beyond players. It, it has to be a mental thing now, BG. Mm. And uh, one man I can think of, I'm not sure, <laughs> he polarizes opinion, but he's best friend. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> All right, Yemi. Um, you look at the acquisitions over, do you feel that they are trying to solve a problem like I always accuse Nigerian football officials uh, from the top? Buying over the odds, they've done that with uh, 
They did that with Mbappe. They did it with Neymar. You can say Messi actually just dropped on their lap. I don't think there was a plan, but the Messi situation opened an opportunity and they put it there and all of that. And I personally feel that it goes beyond Lionel Messi. It's a structural deficiency that I don't think in Lionel Messi or even there's talks now of getting a Ronaldo in if he wants to leave my next season. And that also underlines the thinking. We get in star players, we win. And it's never that easy. Never that simple. I'm talking about champions because like they, they, they do win, like but they say they win the league at the counter. Even despite their issues, it's in their 15 points there as we speak. So hand them the uh league one league on title. But the bigger picture, the one they really want to win, they are far away. And cause they got to the final two years ago. But they are much, much further away from it now. They didn't win the league last season. Yeah, true. So let's know that whilst true, true. they are ahead of the competition in Good the points, yeah. there are still teams or there are still seasons where they have a team or two that gives them a good run for their money domestically. Yeah. Mm. Now, they would they will rule the day they decide to fire Thomas Tuchel. Mm. The more you look at that decision, the yeah. more you tell yourself it was a Why terrible was fire. Was it because he didn't win? No, he got to the final. Got to the I final. had a bad start to the season. No, the season wasn't really bad. Okay, but he had a because clash between now, himself and Leonardo. And some of the players, Leonardo was sporting director. Okay, director. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. So it didn't make any sense. And then he went on and went to big one with Chelsea. Year, he went okay. on to win with Chelsea. Mm. So for a guy that's gotten you that far, took you to your first final, mm. your first Champions League final. Finally scaled all the hurdles, the entire hoodoo, you know, those points where you always seem to falter. It scaled it. Obviously, you knew that, look, this guy, he has some recipe. He has mm. something different from all the managers that we've, that we've gone through. But then, whatever reason, and, and Leonardo is a fella that, you know, polarizes opinions. opinions. Mm. Now, obviously, at the top level in Europe, the role of a sporting director is a role that determines how the team is going to be structured. Mm. So that's why, so all you see today at PSG is the molding of the sports director. He's looked at them and said, this is how I want to mold the team. Giving the coach the headache of how he's going to arrange them Mm. and make them a competitive team. Mm. Now, you can't assemble this team the way they have assembled it with those, with that form three. They need a man, they need a manager who can take the tough decisions. Tough decisions, you say, look. Because technically, I, people have said that if you play those three, it's a luxury. It's a because huge luxury. Or, or, when you're defending your three players, just rights, take them out. When you're defending, they're taking those three out. Despite how much in the real game, that's not how much control they had. They had mm. just needed one incident and mm. that incident was that to incident and they just couldn't snap out of it. So they're looking at the functionality from the coach. They're looking at the mental issues as a team. Mentally, they couldn't get themselves back into the groove. Most teams, when issues like that happen, you have someone on the pitch who is telling them, snap out yeah, of it, snap out yeah, of it. Yeah. 
Well, it seems uh, they didn't have anybody. In general on the pitch. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that. And you will say, some of the signings they made this season was geared in that direction. Lionel mm-hmm. Messi supposed to be a leader, captain of Argentina, captain mm-hmm. Barcelona, Sergio Ramos, captain, you know, Real Madrid, he's won several Champions League. But unfortunately, he's been injured yeah. for most part of the season. Marquinhos is not your dominant, vocal, dominant, dominant leader. Captain, yeah. He seems to be a much more docile, quiet type leader. And you could see it in the mm-hmm. overall. Maybe so, in what you're saying, though, you also have to consider the fact that they also let uh, the Brazilian defender leave. Yeah, and he, he wanted one year, but he wanted a contract, and then you brought in Sergio Ramos, who's like eight mates with him, and all of that. So, so bad you, see, you see the thinking of yeah. the sporting director, what is important? Okay, what do they do now? Do they tear it all up and start all over again, or do they have the time and the patience for that? They certainly have the money. Do they do that, or do you feel they they feel that we 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 are just a few notches, a few touches away? What do you think? Did you well? Right now, I feel that um, the best course of action for 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 uh, for PG is just try to all up and start all over again. And mm. um, you and I know that. Well, they, they, they may not, of course, sack everybody. But yeah. when you bring when you bring in a new manager, a new management, it's not to give them a free hand to do whatever whatever they, they, want to do, yeah. they need to do. Mm. And those are that those ones who want to change the whole structure. Um, I remember that um, the, the Aston Revolution started when Asamwenga came in and changed everything about the club. They are eating hard beef, they, they are playing power. It's got to from bottom up. As it is, it is not working. And it's got to remove that that uh, uh, that that thing that is limiting them that, that, that has that has that has created the ceiling. And to remove that, we've got to we've got to go to the club. We've got to go to the club. We've got to find a, a team that's willing to do whatever it is because I do not think that the way they are right now that they can ever win the Champions League. I don't think so. Mm. Okay. Um, as we're talking, I was thinking, is there a name, coaching now, managerial now, that you can think of? I mean, you are the expert here. <laughs> is there a name that is in your mind that you can say, okay, give this man this job and give him a long time? Like Liverpool, successfully did with Jürgen Klopp. You know, when Jürgen Klopp gave Liverpool, gave him a six-year contract. He was like, we're ready to sink and swim with this guy. And it didn't work. It, it didn't work from the get-go. Six finals. He, he went to finals. so many finals and he didn't, and, but they stuck there and we cannot see the results now. Not only have they won the league, they've won the Champions League as well. Which manager do you have in mind that can give them that kind of, maybe three, four, maybe not six, maybe a three, four-year template that you think they can stick with and can turn things around for them because, like I said, definitely they have the funding. Before the before they talk about the manager, this is of Leonardo. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> First time for this is of Leonardo. You think he's a problem? I think he's a problem. His antecedents from Milan and Inter is clear for all to see. I think we have to get rid of him first, and when they do that, they probably get a, a much more a karma. Less divisive sporting director to come on board. Okay. Then they can go for a manager like maybe Luis Enrique. He's won okay. it before, mm. but then they still have to rip it up. Yeah. So the futures of Messi and Neymar, and of course Mbappe remains in up the clouds. Yeah. So once Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, 
it gives whoever the new manager that's going to come in one less person to worry about. Mm. And then they can now decide, okay, do I want to move the team around Neymar and Messi alone? And then build the structures in midfield and defense to make us much more solid. Because whilst we talk about them having a 15-point gap in League One, they're mm. still not convincing. Yeah. Nice, Marseille, Lille, Lyon, I've also held them to really, really tough ties, despite mm. the gap. So once that is done, then they can forge ahead. But my problem with PSG is having that mindset. Can they have the patience? Yeah, I was going to something that do to have that these three, days. Do we have clubs that have to pay? Because I remember Jurgen Klopp, a lot of Liverpool fans are saying sack him, sack him when he was losing finals. Do they have the management and the mentality to stay patient That's with one That's why guy? I said first thing first. <laughs> Leonardo must go. Get Leonardo out. <laughs> All right, buddy. As Yemi was talking, talking uh, something struck me. And it has to do with three clubs, PSG included. Um, Chelsea brought in big money, brought in top manager. He didn't win the Champions League, but eventually they got there. Man City have not gotten there. PSG have not gotten there. But if you think of Chelsea, you realize that the season before um, Mourinho came, um, they could have probably um, they were doing well in the Champions League as they well. Got they got to the semi-final. So maybe the foundations had been laid. But it doesn't always work, does it? When big money comes in and you want to become get to the top of the tree. And we've seen now that it's not as simple as that. No, it's not, DG. Um, uh, you, you, you know, a lot of things come into play. And, 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 and as we have uh, discussed and underlined several times, sometimes you need a bit of luck also. Yeah. That money yeah. comes in doesn't guarantee that you get... I mean, you have some sort of success, I mean, for sure. But it doesn't mean you get to the top of the tree. Um, a lot of a lot of elements that will have to come into play. You've got to get the right mix of players. You've got to get the right circumstances because hey, if you if 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 you are building a super team on an uh, in an era where there are two or three other super teams who have the same chances as you are of getting the, the results you want, the odds are that you, you, you guys will cash at one point. And and when that happens, it's not about how much money you have; it's about the things that you have going on for you. An injury, may, you, may, you may have all, all uh, you, may, you, may ha- you may have everything right, and you, one or two classmen might get injured at, at critical moments. Yeah. So, a lot of stars have to align for you, for you to happen, for, for you to get what you are looking for, you know. And then, of course, when stars don't align one season, the fans or the owner might get impatient and sack the man that will do the job for them and bring you someone who will not be able to do the job for them. You've got to be patient also with the process. Yeah. So, then, a lot of things has to come to play. It's not guaranteed. Alright, interesting stuff about PSG. It will be interesting to see what direction the club takes now. It does look like Pochettino might go. And that's the general feeling around uh, the club. Um, Yemi has said that Leonardo has to go. Whether they will have the gumption to do that remains to be seen. And it will be interesting to see which manager do they go for now. Do they go for a young, upcoming manager and give him a long-term um, process or plan? Do they go for maybe a more established manager and expect still expect the quick fixes that they are trying to get to. We wait and see about that. So all the best to PSG. It's another, another very, very disappointing season, even though they will win the uh, league, but 
a disappointing season. It was a disappointing season for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton in Formula 1. But, as we start the season this weekend, the new season, I've not, I've, I don't recall any season in Formula 1 history, Yemi, where the excitement going to Zin is so huge. And that has to do with, obviously, what happened the tail end of last season. So let me start from there. We have Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Mark II. <laughs> about to happen. You might say it's not all about these two, but that's the, that's the story. It's just all and that's what, that's what Formula 1 is building yeah. around. For Mark, do you feel Max Verstappen feels I won the title, but if I don't win it again, my title is always going to be tainted by that race that happened. Or do you feel that Lewis Hamilton would feel I was cheated out of a title and I'm going to come back and try and win it again. So what do you think is going to be the underlying or the main narrative as we approach the new season? First of all, both drivers have a huge point to prove. Mm. Verstappen wants to prove that he's winning the championship that's a flash in the pan yeah. and that he did deserve to win the title. Uh, Hamilton will want to say, look, there's a big error this title was stolen from me, but not to worry. I'm still the most dominant uh, driver in Formula One. I can win this again. Mm. So that's two ways these guys are going to position themselves by trying to prove a point. Now it's interesting that a lot of changes have happened and have been made because of the things that happened last year. What I'm particularly happy for Hamilton for is the fact that uh, Bottas left Mercedes. Okay. So it means the new guy will have to end his stripes. End his stripes in the sense that if for whatever reason is ahead, okay, move one side. Let Lewis take the lead. He has a younger driver who they can, you know, probably tell to ease off a little bit. So that would probably take off a bit of pressure off Lewis than having a driver that would potentially compete with him. Mm. On the other is him stable. For Max, huge point to prove. Huge point to prove because, and I hope that he's also learned lessons from what happened last year. Mm. A lot of the mistakes he made, a lot of those, you know, horrid yeah. decisions that he made, mm. which mm. could have cost him some races. You know, it'd be good to see if he has shed, if he shed all that away for the new season. But I, I struggle to think that this new season would upend last season. I, I honestly feel that that last season was a defining moment for Formula 1. But, you know, what do you make of all decisions that have been done? And, you know, I like to put it here. You and I belong to a, a group, uh, a WhatsApp group, Formula 1 group, uh, the paddock, and where a lot of things go on and all of that. I've always felt that what happened on the final day of last season and all the hula about that. And all the explanation that um, Max and the team and the um, Red Bull were trying to do and all of that. If it was the other way around, I felt reaction from Red Bull would have been much worse. Personal opinion now. I really don't have much interest in the matter. I don't know what you make of that. And do you think Formula 1 has done enough to avoid that kind of tension 
and pressure because at some point last season you could cut the tension with a knife. And while it was good, intense drama, I think eventually it damaged the sport a little bit, especially what happened towards the end. At the end, at the end, sorry. Well, I think they have done as much as they could at this time. Um, nobody expected what happened last season. Uh, if 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 there had been no incident on, on, on the tracks, I think uh, the, the, that list would have been over. You know. Yeah, I think they have done as much as they could at this time. Now, further down the road, one of the things happened, look, life is ever-changing and ever-expanding. Ever mm. um, uh, uh, three, four years ago, we didn't imagine that we'll see a race um, uh, that, 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 as you saw, in the final day of last season. So I, I do feel that hey, they have reacted to it the best way they can. What we did, when we examined the decisions that Fossey took, in the final race, I think, hey, the only person who could, who could, who could explain what was going on in his mind at that point was the man, is the man himself. Mm. Okay. We, we, we can't sit here and condemn the rule of, uh, of, of F1 for what the single man did. Yeah. We can't prove conspiracy or anything. And so I feel that they have done what they think is best that they could do at this time. And unless something else happened, I mean, now we know that if something, like, like, as you saw last season happened again, we will see, we'll see the same sequence of events. They have, they have tried to ensure that. And so, unless something new happens, we don't know how they are going to react. But I, I do feel they have done the best they can. Like, yes, last season, the last final race of last season was something else, ZG. All right, um, Yemi, we've had precision testing in Bahrain, a lot of stories swelling around that. So, I'm going to ask you, and then Ferrari. Have put themselves right in the mix. Um, it's, it, it's looking like Ferrari will have more say this season I than the Red so. Bull. But let me put it this way: from the Bahrain testing, Red Bull, Bahrain Tom, or Barcelona? Barcelona. Uh, no, the the last season of test I think was Bahrain. Okay. Um, um, Red Bull confident. Yeah. Ferrari promising. Mercedes sandbagging. <laughs> Let me put it like but that. But they do that every year. <laughs> you know, it is standard. At the start of testing, Red Bull always seem very promising. Mm. You know, Mercedes always, they have the, enough experience with me to manage expectation at the start. Mm. So you're thinking, okay, their car is not that perfect. Their car has issues. But once the first start is called, I'm happy that Ferrari is looking promising because they've had issues with their car mm. over the last few years. And, you know, um, and it's a hugely popular Formula One brand. Ferrari. Most people that probably watch Ferrari, watch Formula One. It's because of Ferrari. Watch Formula One because of Ferrari. Mm. Uh, just look at the people that have come through Ferrari. Hopefully, Sebastian can find, you know, uh, I mean, um, Leclerc mm, and Leclerc. France can find signs, yeah. that resolve, you know, that zeal to leave the Ferrari name again to the place of old. Two very promising drivers. Um, but testing always is always very, very deceptive. Very difficult to judge much from testing. Yeah. All right, buddy. The two protagonists last year, um, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, of course. What do you think will be their mindset 
individually now, not the team thing. Individually, what do you think will be their mindset going into this new season on the back of what happened last season? Uh, let me briefly go to basketball here. Okay. Remember the season that San Antonio Spurs lost the NBA finals because of missed shots. Yeah. So, yeah. Missed final minutes. And the way and they the came back the following season. Exactly. Incredible. In, I remember the following that. season, pop, uh, pop, and, and the team said, look, you know what? We need to get some, we need to get some advantage so that when we go to, if I want to go to the finals, the last game we played on our floor. Of course, when you go to that final, it wasn't even close. It was almost a sweep. I'm thinking that unless the cars decide, unless, unless his car decides not to drive the way he wants it to, I feel I don't think myself will do this season. I don't think want it to come, come to the final day. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't want it to be sure close. That, and I don't want any drama. <laughs> and I feel that for, for and I feel, I feel for Verstappen will be thinking, man, I got lucky. This time, I also want, and I also do not want to repeat. I feel if there's any season that may top the last, it might be this one. But it won't be because of what you said. The final race will be because it's really because of the first three, four, five races. Mm. Those will know that you said you said the pace only because the pressure of the next guy. That's why I agree with you. All the tests, all the, all these tests mean nothing. The real fun starts when the when the when the, when the cast line up on the grid for, for for the first race of the season. That's when the fun starts. Mm. And of course, a lot of further. But it mentioned Greg Popovich as an aside. Uh, in the past one week, he became the most. I don't know where Americans find their words. The most winningest coach <laughs> <laughs> in basketball history. They just create words. Out of uh, other words that exist, most winningest coach in basketball. Did you hold on? Did you hold on? No, the now we the now we all refer as the as the as the most erudite in English language in in this part. So when you say guy, this say yes, um, that that English language is is alive because he also you know he also creates a, a, a lot of words. Yes, so yes. I, th- I, I think the Americans are falling in line with when you say that. Yeah, we give them. Coach, we, we give them the creative license to do that. Well, even if you don't give them, they'll do it anyway. So it doesn't matter to them. All right, Yemi. Okay, what other drivers or what other teams should we look for? No, no, leave teams now. What other drivers do you think we should look forward to or should look out for this season that might prove to be something of a dark horse? I'm interested to see what the first Chinese driver mm. would do. Um... I'll be watching him very closely to see how much of an impact he's going to have um, uh, on Formula One. And of course, that is going to expand the following of Formula One in such a huge country like China. Mm. Secondly, Zoo. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. That, that name skipped, my, mm. skipped me. So it would be interesting what kind of following the Chinese get. Um, on Formula One. Secondly, um, the Haas team with uh, the young Schumacher. I'd like to see what it is that they would do, how well they would do, and of course, um, Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. I'd like to see how well they can drive Ferrari forward and ensure that, you know, Ferrari are still in the equation. Whether or not 
Lewis and Max continue their huge rivalry. I'd like to see how, how well, uh, Leclerc and Sainz can, you know, push the Ferrari name. That's what I'm looking for, uh, this year. Buddy, um, the fans of Formula One, um, I know last year was a huge boost for the sport in terms of fan base and attraction and all of that. Do you feel that the, the additional things Formula One can still do to woo even more fans, especially when they're looking at younger fans? Um, did you, uh, look, I feel they should have, they, they should have played up um, last season more. And I feel that, um, that for the finalists of the season should have been given uh, a bit more spin um, um, because of what was at stake. This is one thing that boxing, that, uh, uh, that basketball, that's up, that football that, that they do regularly and that UFC is now, is now, is now uh, logging into or tapping into when younger fans are concerned. I feel that um, last season was, was, was a very, very good um, uh, opportunity, a good chance for them to, to go in that direction and, you know, and get more, uh, a, lot more a lot more younger fans on board. Uh, and I hope that they've learned, they've learned, they've learned, they've learned, let's listen from that. A lot of, um, uh, the young Saturn nowadays, they do, they, they play a lot of, a lot of video games. I know there are one or two, um, uh, racing apps out there, but they are not as popular as the other ones. So one way I feel they can, that's what, that's what then they have done with, uh, with them do 2K. What you can do is that get all these video actors on video games, put their faces, and if possible, start running points and rewards. That's what that's what I feel that's one way to do it. Now, I don't know if there's anything like that out there, but I think that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, like tell me, like you guys, when we are talking about football, there's so old money and there's new money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys are new, are old money, some are new money. Maybe they can find a meeting point because I know that the old sometimes they resist. Anything that has, that has to do with the new, you want to find the meeting point and present a side that the other people, people can tap into. Okay, I'm going to take predictions from the two of you. So, final question <laughs> to Yemi here now. Uh, Yemi, you're an esports advocate. What's esports benefiting from Formula One? Okay, so, how is esports latching onto this new popularity of Formula One, especially amongst the younger fans? Okay, so one thing they did during the pandemic mm. was a lot of virtual races. Okay. Yeah, I think they need to go back to that. They should abandon it because there's no, um, mm, and everybody's, you know, everything is normal mm. now. I think that's an aspect they need to embrace because that will get a lot more younger people, young people getting involved and wanting yeah. to, you know, to race. So you can, they can create a small league on the virtual space. Yeah. All right. So we end it like that. It's promises to be another hell of a season in Formula One. Um, the two protagonists definitely, it will be about them. Like Yemi said, it will be about Lewis Hamilton. And it will be about uh, Max Verstappen. So, my final question to you guys. Max Verstappen to retain or Lewis Hamilton to regain? Title number eight. Yeah, for Lewis title number eight. Buddy? There's no way I'm best against Hamilton. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I should have and known that. After, <laughs> and after what happened last season, DG, look, there's going to be there's going to be, there's going to be blood in quotes. Not blood, blood, though. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will die. 
Yeah. Not, I think Hamilton I get what you mean. all day. Block. Because he know because he knows that um uh, he, he knows, if, if he doesn't get that it now the longer he wins more difficult is going. Time to is running out. That right. chance was take, was taken from him last season. Mm. I think this season is going to get it. Okay, both of you agree that it's going to be number eight for Lewis Hamilton. Max Verstappen will have something to say about all of that. Um, hopefully it will be as exciting as last season. It won't be an anticlimax. Because at times all of these things might be anticlimactic, oh, yes. but oh, yes. we do hope that we we'll get as much excitement as we got last year from the new Formula One season. And that's where we we'll wrap it up on this week's episode of Sports 360 Podcast. As always, we're very, very grateful for your continued listenership. Uh Yemi Addison are here with me. Uh but you're going to be joining us via Skype. Um Sports 360 Pod underscore on Twitter, Sports 360 Pod on Instagram. It drops your way every Thursday, 12 noon Nigerian time. Continue to download, continue to listen from. I want to thank all our listeners from all across the world. We have a um, question and answer session coming up where all of you can ask us any question from any part of the world. We'll have a special episode of that coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye.